0: Welcome to Talking Junior Sports, the one true global podcast tackling the hot topics around coaches, committees, parents, and so much more. Listen in as bygone sporting legends in their own fishbowls share their experiences, thoughts, and humor. Listen, enjoy. And now a word from our major sponsor.
1: For everyone that wears a uniform, there's uniforms.com.au Hospitality, uniforms.com.au Corporate, uniforms.com.au Sport, uniforms.com.au Even the worksite, you got it. Uniforms.com.au Uniforms.com.au The uniform superstore for every uniform and in every industry. And they're mobile, so they can bring their showroom to you. Visit Uniform Superstore's super range now at uniforms.com.au
2: Ben, welcome back to Talking Junior Sports by Coach Data. Yes, thank you. Nice to be here and nice to be in the sound studio for once. How good's this? We're finally in the sound studio with our dual mics and our amps and our everything else. And now the computer's it. so we're doing it on the iPad. Yep, always the way, isn't it? Modern technology. You can't live with it and you can't live without it. So we do have to apologise to the listeners because originally our first lot of uh, podcasts haven't been the best quality sound because we've been doing it remotely. We weren't allowed to be in the same room.
1: Yes, exactly right. I and mean, hopefully that little slurring noise that I was making goes away.
2: <laughs> it doesn't. I actually
1: picked up on it at
2: cricket training. Oh, great. Here we
1: go. <laughs> I've been popping it all along, listeners. I hope I can stop
2: it for you guys. Oh, uh, Now, we're back. We're back at sports. We're back outdoors. We're back doing stuff. Yeah, we are.
1: And uh, I've forgotten how busy life is. <laughs>
2: Can I just say, let me go over my week. It's insane already, and I think the missus is struggling with it. Monday, right, uh, we've got cricket training. Tuesday, basketball training. Wednesday, he's got footy training. Thursday, he's netball training. Friday, he's cricket. Saturday, is also cricket. It's just... And Sunday. And Sunday.
1: Sunday's cricket as well, last week. yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's just crazy. That's worse than us. I know. Bring back lockdown. Yeah, exactly right. We need it back. We need to stop. <laughs> Life's too busy. No, of course not. We love it. We well, do. We wouldn't be
2: doing it otherwise. We do. We do. Now, we're back at sports. You're back coaching. I'm not yet, but you are. Enjoying it? Yes, loving
1: it. Loving it. And again, seeing the enjoyment in the kids' faces being back on the cricket field is just golden. To be honest, they're, they're just taken off as if nothing ever happened, straight into it.
2: Well, I don't know about that, I'll tell you what, it's still a struggle. And I was talking to a customer just before, it is a struggle getting the kids, they're so into sports and outdoors, they're so device addicted right now. Oh,
1: I'm not having that trouble with my kids, it's pretty easy to get them to trainings and whatever. We've got uh, my son playing cricket, so he's he's pretty keen to get into it, my daughter's training outdoor basketball, not indoor just yet, maybe next week, fingers crossed, they all know, actually, i tell a lie, they do start this week, Mm. she's getting back into some indoor training, but yeah, um, no, my kids are pretty cool with it, and they can't wait to get out out there, and they can't wait to get back on that basketball court as well. Yep.
2: Well, funny enough, that leads into our next topic for the week, so over the next half hour, you and I are going to ramble on about how much is too much for junior sports. Is there such a thing? Do we as coaches need to be careful about it? What are some of the guidelines we should have in place that from our experience that we can share? Um, I know in talking to you knowing you for many a year you've got your daughter I'll touch on your daughter she does a world of training Yes she does she plays
1: a lot of basketball and does footy as well as a second sport um, has tried to hand a netball as well and yeah. She does she plays three games a week when when it's up and running and uh trains well, what is it four or five times a week so she's most of the week is full with basketball at the moment and then come winter there's a training session for footy and a game for footy so she's pretty busy seven days a week but if you're asking me is there too much my short answer is
2: no <laughs> so you'd have to the- See, I can't even argue that point because I just went over every single night, we've got training. Yeah, exactly right. And I didn't even mention indoor cricket.
1: Yeah, we started indoor cricket last night. What a game? Yes, some old men running around trying to roll their arm over again, it's a bit of a laugh.
2: Uh, Did I tell you I got second top score?
1: No, you did tell me that. He tells me that all the time, people.
2: (laughs) And did I tell you on the weekend that I hit the winning run?
1: Yeah, but you were only out there for about four balls. everyone else did the hard work
2: for you that's not the point i hit the winning runs with (laughs) a four. beautiful cover drive
1: but we do digress is there too much sport and when i say no it's because basically i've grown up with it um my family was heavily involved in cricket clubs was our main sport but we were also involved in footy soccer um I, i played netball for one and and some beach volleyball socially as well so i've pretty much tried everything but our days consisted of, especially in summer, being in the cricket ground from 8 o'clock in the morning to 9 o'clock at night. And a lot of our social things were around people involved with sport. A lot of our friends were with, with sport-orientated. So for me, I just love it. So I can't get enough. And, and fortunately, my kids are going down the same path. They're loving it as well. So,
2: In this country, the two biggest sports are cricket and Aussie rules. Oh, yeah. Soccer's pretty big and
1: basketball's getting pretty big again, so I'll probably... Football, yes. Um, I think cricket's sort of fading away a little bit. I think that's mainly due to the length of the games. Uh, A lot of the parents don't want to be there for three or four hours on a Saturday morning.
2: All right, well, let me backtrack and let's pretend my comment stands. Okay, all
1: right, we'll go with that. All right, so... (laughs)
2: okay. In my mind, cricket and footy are the two biggest sports in the country. Um... Now, in that, you can make a career. You can make good money and a career out of footy and cricket. I'm just generalising because these are the two main sports that we're involved with, along with basketball. Yep. Um, Even at local football, you can still make good money. But the kids are training one night a week for one hour. Yes. Whereas if you look at diving, my daughter's got a friend who does diving. She trains every morning. She'll train every night four mornings, four nights a week. And there's no money in diving. No, um, And I'm not saying money's a be-all and end-all, I'm just using that as, as, a, as a comparison. So she's training every single morning, every single night, yet we want these kids to go out there and play footy and cricket, which is extremely technical, both batting and bowling or kicking the footy, and we only get them for one hour a week. I think that is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it is, and you touched on diving. I mean, my nephews are, are swimmers, and they're pretty much the same thing. They're out training four, five, six times a week, Monday and in the morning, in the afternoon, and it's the same deal. They're doing a lot, and if we go down the money sense, yeah, there's obviously not a lot of lot of money in in swimming either. So, um, to, to go into comparing individual and team sports, um, yeah, we just we don't get to train enough. With the team sports, I mean, I mean, I'm, I should backtrack as well because my daughter's obviously training four nights a week with basketball, <laughs> but that is with three different teams, so there's a bit of difference. And they all train. Whereas if you're just playing with the one team, and footy is a big example, and cricket, yeah, the kids you've got them for an hour. The the problem is that I see is there's just not the ground space there to be able to have more team, have your team training more often. Unfortunately, you're competing with. I mean, take the East Ringwood footy club where you're involved with. How many junior clubs and junior teams are there?
2: Wait, a lot, a yeah. lot.
1: And then you're trying to base that over three grounds and train with the seniors have obviously taken one ground Tuesday, Thursday night. So it makes it pretty tough to be able to get more training sessions in for everyone.
2: But I think that's where good coaches come into it. So if we're going to train two nights a week and we only get one ground, and that's on a Tuesday for one sake. so on a Thursday take them to climb a mountain, take them to run around a lake, take them to do swimming, take them to a gym. Uh, good coaches will find a way to train.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And, uh, and you yourself, you've taken the kids to a gym on one night. know. sorry, it's the girls' footy team, actually. They went to a gym one night as, oh, as a training it town, session. But... Yeah, <laughs> that does sound good. But no, they took them for a training session at the gym one night, and they had a, they had a ball there. Um, so yeah, yeah, it is another option. And Obviously, footy, you need to be fairly fit. So... To be able to run around for an hour and, and not lose your puff, so things like that, yeah, definitely. And I mean, even if you're out walking up the thousand steps or whatever, you can get the kids to bring their own footy and have a footy in their hands and and just handball to themselves. I mean, you're getting skill work just by doing that. So yeah, it's a a good coach will come up with other ways of doing it, and that certainly is a, a good way of
2: thinking. I just remember as a kid. Six year old playing under 10s footy because that was the youngest age group back then. Well, from memory, we were training two nights a week. Now, I wasn't getting a lot of gang time, I was only six. So, but these days, they want you to train one hour and they don't want you to do a hard tackling, they don't want you to run them, and it's they're very much pampered,
1: yeah. And that's uh, that's the modern way, isn't it? I don't know, that's a, it's a tricky one, it's a hard one. And, we're very much in the era where that was the norm really and even cricket i was i was facing senior cricket cricketers at the age of 13 14 when we were training and the other 14s were training before tuesday night with the seniors and then you would just hang around and train with the the seniors so you got 30 year old men belt and ball, for throwing the ball down to you so but that was normal for us i guess
2: yeah one of the things i always recall is someone once said to me that Um, you can be born with an ability, so you can be gifted, and as a junior be very good at sport. But in order to become very good at sport as a senior, you have to train harder than the the person behind you and the people behind you trying to catch up to you. Because they will train harder than you, and as soon as they train harder than you, their skill level will catch up, their ability to play the game at your level will then exceed. So, if you look at the likes of Don Bradman, who was always out the back hitting the... Crick- what was it? A golf ball with a cricket stick against a corrugated yeah, iron. Yeah, it was like a broomstick,
1: wasn't it? A broomstick and a golf ball.
2: And then you hear of stories of... Uh, was it Lucky Neil who used to slip with a footy and...
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think Steve Smith would walk down practicing his shots down the street. He still he? does. Yeah. They <laughs> talk about him still doing it. <laughs> it's nuts. But, yeah, you're right. Ability does... Can only take you... To a spot, and it's uh, you'll then have got to want to do the extra, extra stuff, and um, that's where obviously the better football, the better sportsmen that do the extra work, they don't get asked to do it, they just do it because they want to do it. And um, for us as coaches, yeah, it's finding the time for that second week, but maybe it's us encouraging them to hang on, you walk to school, why don't you? grab a cricket bat and a ball and hit it up and down to yourself on the way there or, or grab a footy and kick it to yourself while you're walking um, all that kind of stuff is just going to help with your, with your handling with your ball handling skills or whatever
2: what about personalised training programs so if we can't train them to the extent we believe it should be um, you know you get one hour a week what about personalised programs like you just said tapping the cricket ball for an hour on end or running up and down the street bouncing the footy for a half an hour or yeah
1: yeah i can see benefits in that and um it's then comes back to the individual if they want to do that um there might be one for us as coaches just to one training session have a few hang around and say do you want to do some extra work here you go here's a a program for the week see how you go see how it pans out and if it works maybe then introduce it to a few more kids and yeah it's that's, mm-hmm. that's up that and you're then putting it back on the individual whether they want to do it or not and i guess some people are out there thinking well what age do you start doing stuff like that and i say, well if a kid's interested in sport and they want to get better at sport well you're never too young are you
2: no i don't believe so because if you look at it if your gift is you're you love piano or you love guitar your parents will get you a tutor. They'll get you training two, three times with the tutor, so you can be really good in your passion at playing that guitar. What footy shouldn't be any different. I know with my boy, he's now got a football tutor, so he'll do that outside of everything else he does because that's his passion. So I don't want to leave any no stone unturned and really help him to develop what he loves. Yeah, and then,
1: I mean us as parents, I mean I take a, my coach's hat off. You know when your kids are tired Mm -hmm. you know your kids inside and out and you know if they're a bit flat so when it gets to that point then just say all right you need to just come back a little bit let's have a couple of nights off let's have a week off whatever it might be but you as as an as a parent need to be aware of where your kids are and the academic thing exactly right i mean if someone's as you say interested in guitar interested in singing and that's what they want to do I'm happy for them to be there five, six nights a week mm-hmm. for half an hour. I mean, it's just the same thing, isn't it? I mean, the sport is just the same as someone that's enjoying uh, music. There's no difference. If that's their passion, that's their passion.
2: Yeah. The, um, so as coaches, when do you feel that you should go from one night training to two nights training a week? So at the moment, and I'm, again, I'm talking footy and cricket um, because they're the two sports I'm involved with. Um, you might be able to touch on basketball a little bit more. Um, but if you look at, again, diving, as we've both said, they're four plus training sessions a week. Footy's one, but cricket's one, basketball's one session. Yeah. So let's say, okay, the committee and the powers that be all are true and correct. One is plenty to make them into enjoy their passion when should we go to two yeah tricky one um,
1: I know when I was a kid I, I probably started around about when I was 15 I started training well, cricket was my my main sport and I, I started training with the 16s and then one night with the seniors and I know the 14s were training before the seniors so I hung around so that's still one session to me so for me it was around about 15 I started doing that um, before that, it was when I was rep cricket, obviously, for the handful of sessions that you did. Um, you'd train a couple of nights a week. But um, to answer that question, uh, if the kids are loving it, I mean, my daughter's nine years of age and training four nights a week. And she's not getting tired. She She's loving it. I think there was maybe one occasion last year, uh, last season, which probably was last year, let's be honest, with COVID. But... Where she was a bit flat in the game and we, we spoke to her and she just said that yeah, she was a little bit tired, so we just pulled back a little bit. The next game she was running amok again and, and doing what she normally does. So I don't think you can be too young. I mean maybe six is a bit young yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, about when you get into about those double digit numbers, like around that nine ten years of age, can't see why not why two two, three nights a week isn't is too much.
2: Well, as you know, I coach... This year was under-11s, which is the first year of competitive football, first year of finals. Uh, Next year is under-12s. Under-11s were given the options to go two nights training by the club, but the under-12s, the year above me, were still doing only the one night. So we... I just said, no, we'll stick with the one, because otherwise it would have looked a bit ridiculous. So what we did was... This year... Because of COVID, they've missed out on the whole season this year. Regardless of what the year above us do, we're going to go to two nights training. So the one night training will be, let's just say compulsory, whereby that is the training session. And the second night will be more skill-based and team planning. And, you know, you'll do your setups around stoppages and kicking goals and stuff like that. Because they've missed out on the whole year of sport. Yeah. I feel, rightly or wrongly, they need to do some extra work to make up for it.
1: And to be honest, you'll soon know which kids are, are wanting to do the work. If you've got two nights a week, and then even if you just say it's just skill work, I mean, obviously there's probably not going to be a whole lot of running, I, I assume. I don't know how you're going to run the training compared to the, the other night, the, the main night. So... Yeah, you'll soon suss out which kids are, are really committed to wanting to play footy and, and better their skills. I know my son's going to love that news. He loves getting out and getting dirty on a footy field, so he'll be rapt that he gets to train two nights a week. When it's too much, too much, I don't think you can get too much sport. I love it. I know you love it. I know you. if you could, you'd get the kids out there training footy four nights a week.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Now we need to discuss what are we going to talk about next week. Uh
1: well, considering the way we're going at the moment, it might be three weeks. But um, oh, what do we what what should be the next topic? Maybe someone out there could give us the next topic.
2: Yeah, um, we can go kids and devices because I know that's annoying the crap out of a lot of parents at the moment. <laughs> or we can go with the bad parenting. Yeah,
1: or, or maybe some stories of some bad coaches that we might be able to scrub around with some people interviewing some people
2: yeah i've got a ripper
1: you got a ripper i've got a ripper and it's not me oh wow <laughs> you sure i think there might be one about you floating around no i know there's certainly a couple about me that i keep getting reminded about but, I? but we won't get there <laughs> we won't get there
2: <laughs> all right so let's touch on bad parenting and I'm, you know what? I'm actually tipping that that conversation will, will do many more podcasts around because there's a lot of cases of bad parenting out there.
1: Yes, and uh, just remember, parents, we are individuals and we are volunteers. So we're trying our best and we're trying to help your kids as much as we can. Exactly right. Well, Ben, it's been good. Yes. Till next week. It's been good to be back. It has. In the studio
2: with the studio equipment not working. Yeah,
1: well, (laughs) hopefully you'll get that fixed next week. I think so. And I'll put up some doggies, jumpers. I'm sick of seeing the hoops already.
2: What are you talking about? We've got Geelong and we've got the Australian cricket team. Yeah,
1: I'll go with the Australian cricket team,
2: that's fine. But having Polly Farmer up there, it's a bit much, isn't it? Can I just say, this is my claim to stupidity. That bat there, signed by Ricky Ponting. I remember his first ever test game and I'm sitting there watching it with my cousin, and he was, like, 16? It was yeah, yeah, he was yeah, young. He was young. And I've gone, this guy will never amount to anything. He'll be lucky to get another innings. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, always good. Ricky, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Till next week. Cheers, mate. Ben, just before we finish, why don't we give uh, David Breslin a call? He's a row of mine, played um, pretty high soccer for not the Celtic Rangers, just the Rangers. Uh, or was it just Celtic? Oh, I don't know. He's your in-law. You should know, shouldn't he? <laughs> and he played soccer for uh, Victoria, so he's played extremely high. So let's get his opinion on when is enough enough. Yeah, this should be good. Hang on, I'm sorry, sorry. Can I just cut you off? Yeah. I, you just cut out then. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to ask you what your advice was. What, what, with what all the sport that you've done, I mean, you played for the Celtic Rangers, you played for uh, Victoria. What, what? What's your opinion on when is too much enough? I don't, think, um, I don't think enough is enough. I think, you know, you enjoy the sport and you play the sport
0: and you just love it so you go out and do your own thing but I think when you coaching and, and you know when you're um yeah you know, I played in the state side and then the juniors my own club side as well and well, I was training for the state team at the time and training for the uh for my club side at the
2: time and my, my form just started to dip a little bit because yep. even I think I was training
0: or playing seven seven days a week you know and then different philosophies of different teams and then just being coached and coached and coached. um, It started to just have an effect on me a little bit. Like, I think my form just dipped a little bit and that was the same with a couple of the other players in my team as well. Mm. But uh, there's got to be a balance, I think. I think, you know, kids are always going to be kids so they should be outside and enjoying themselves and playing as much as they can on their
2: own and using their imagination and just enjoying the sport. Yeah, but when you
0: when you start to get coached, and you you, you know you, you take away a lot of that independence from the kids as well, I think. Yeah. So I think you've also got to have that balance of just let the kids go out and enjoy themselves by themselves, and just let them be let them be kids for the time being, and then once they start to get a little bit more serious and start to get you know to the to the 15s and 16s, then it starts to become more of a philosophy, I think, with sport. But I think you, when you're young and when you're, when you're still learning the game, I think there's still a lot to be said for using your imagination and going and enjoying yourself. That's what I, that's, that's what I think is
2: anyway. But, so with yeah. your experience, because you no doubt played with some of the world's best soccer players, the um, those that you looked at and go, yep, they are something special... Were they putting in extra hard yards? Were they training longer or harder? Like, what was their mentality?
0: No, I don't think so. I think, I think they, uh, you know, I mean, if you're playing at a decent level, then you gotta, you, you got to train for it. You've got you to gotta work hard for it, but you, you've still got to enjoy it. I mean, even, you know, the times when I was at Rangers and, and sort of when I was over there, it, it was just enjoyment still for me. Like, I, I never, I was never a confident person off the ground, but on the ground I was, you know, I was, I was comfortable and I was confident in my ability. I didn't have to be told to train more or to do more. I just loved the game. I loved playing it. and I was always out there and always trying to enjoy myself and, um, you know, you, you listen to your coaches, but at the end of the day, the best players play off instinct, I think, and I think they just—they just enjoy the game. With um, you know, I don't think I don't think you're going to be putting in any any less than anybody else if you if you got a real love for the game. I don't think you should ever have to be
2: forced. You know? So, what's your opinion then? You look at Olympic sports like diving or gymnastics, and they're training four to eight times a week. You look yeah. at piano uh, pianists who want to be the world's best, or really just develop their passion, you know, they're training every night on their keyboards. What's your opinion about, like, the likes of... I don't know what soccer's like in junior sports, but footy and cricket, where you train one hour a week? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you...
0: Those sports you're talking about, they're... A lot of those individual sports uh, have a lot more discipline training, gymnastics and, you know, being a pianist or whatever... Uh, it's just a different type of environment, really, and it just depends on it depends on sport as well, I think. But uh, look, I don't, I don't. To answer your question, I don't think that one hour a week is anywhere near enough for training. You know, and the higher you go, the more that you're going to train. But when you're talking about kids, you know, you need a couple, you need at least a couple of sessions a week, yeah, and. You would, there would be an expectation on those kids to be out there themselves and doing bits and pieces themselves, purely for the love of the game. I don't think that any kids of my age, when I was playing, I was always training two nights a week. And then when I was playing as I said, with the state team, I was training five, six nights a week, you know, games on the weekends and stuff like that. And, uh, I, you know, you, I didn't complain about it. You don't you don't complain, but on top of that, you're still doing your own stuff as well, but just because you love it you know you, it's not a you have to have that environment that disciplined environment where you go into at least a couple of times a week, but then you've still got your own imagination and your own enjoyment of the game as well that you need that that's so important and it if you've got a couple of kids that you got kids that are training a couple of times a week and then really are not doing much in between then you kind of question their love of the game and you know because for me, I just couldn't, like, you couldn't stop me from going out and playing the ball. You know what I mean? I'd kill my mum's plants
2: and mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be staring up my mum's guard just because I would love the game. And then I'd have my training sessions,
0: and go to those training sessions and love every minute of it. You know, I'd finish those training sessions and come home and then practice just just because I loved it. Nobody ever had to force me to, uh, to tell me. Oh, you got to put in the effort. It's got to be the yards. It was just a natural thing that I just enjoyed doing. Cool. But I I definitely think that kids need, you know, they need that environment. They need that team environment, and they definitely need an hour an hour a week. Nowhere near enough. Yeah. Like if if you're going to be fair income, even at that young age,
2: you, you need at least a couple of sessions a week, and then the kids doing their thing. Yeah. The point as well. Now but what we're going to do is I'm going to cut you off there because next week we are going to interview you. Oh, right. <laughs> so no worries. It's not often we get to talk to a person who's played, trained with, and played against some of the world's best soccer players, who's played at state level, played for Celtic Rangers. So we are going to pick your brain about your good junior coaches and what sort of feedback and advice you're going to have for us. Yeah, no dramas. But they had a. Uh, You want to get a Rangers? It's Rangers. Uh, Celtic and Rangers are arch enemies. (laughs) (laughs) Shows you how much I know about soccer. Go uh, West Ham. Yeah, guys,
0: go Rangers. But um, yeah, look, I I mean, I I I went over there, and it was a different time for me, anyway. But I mean, you can have a chat about it, but I I never made it, mate. Don't, Don't get that wrong. I never. You know, if if I was any good, I'd still be over there. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so I mean, I was I was a handy player, but there was a lot better players than me, I certainly didn't. Um, I wasn't a, uh, I
2: wasn't a superstar, you know, player or anything like that. I just well, I just, I we, just are, class, so. we are going to be picking your brain about junior coaching, your philosophy, your experience. Yeah, no drama. Yeah, I'd love to do it. No worries. Awesome. Well, I'm going to stop recording and go add this to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell you I was doing that. <laughs> Are you Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know what to say. Oh, mate, you, you'll be able to hear it in about five minutes when we publish it. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. You have a great day. On Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this podcast's worthy because I haven't pressed stop yet. But um, oh, you'll Sorry. have to t- you'll have to talk to your sister. Right, will do. <laughs> See ya. Oh, Bye, take care.